Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Hope you had a good weekend, uh, holiday weekend past, and uh, I heard Beth did a fantastic job while I was away. Thanks. I'm really appreciative of the great team we have and so many people can share and words that are alive. I was away in Texas. We drove to Dallas for my son's wedding. So I've got one married now. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm thankful. Thank you, Lord. It was really good. And you ought to fly to Texas if you go there. It's a, it's a long drive anyway, but it was all good. Anyway, so this is a special day today, um, as every day is special, I know that, but this one has special significance in the kingdom that you and I get to be a part of. Uh, Tony mentioned it earlier, um, this is Pentecost Sunday. So, you know, we have these holidays that we celebrate throughout the year, and this one often gets overlooked, I would say, as I mentioned the last couple of weeks, the Holy Spirit often gets overlooked in so many ways, and he really shouldn't be. So we don't, I wanna continue our series in the Holy Spirit, talking about him, and then on this special day. Pretty amazing what has happened and what this day represents, this holiday, this feast, this festival, this time to remember what God has done for us a long time ago. I had planned it for a long, long time, and we wanna, wanna dive into that. So, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would help. Holy Spirit, ask that you would Help me talk about you and help us to see and our hearts to come fully alive and for us to receive the fullness of all that you are and to live in a way where you are living through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've uh, been talking over these last couple of weeks about how the Old Testament prophets prophesied about this event, this happening of the Spirit of God that would come in the future. And he would write the law in our hearts instead of on tablets of stone. It'd be written on the inside of us. These prophets talked about that. And then when John the Baptist came, he also said, you know, not only is the Holy Spirit coming, but <clears throat> there's someone coming, the Messiah. I'm not worthy of him, but he will baptize in the Holy Spirit right? And then Jesus came, did all that he did. And while he, right before he died, he said, I want you guys to know I'm about to leave, but the Holy Spirit is coming. He's coming and he will, and he will go through this list of John chapter 14 and then John chapter 16, explaining what will happen, the role, the power, the goodness, the help the comfort, the truth, all these things that the Holy Spirit would do. And then Jesus dies, he raises again, he's resurrected, and right before he ascends, he again gets his guys together and says, let me tell you some more about the Holy Spirit. This is what's gonna happen. He's coming not many days from now. And he, when he comes, he will give you power to be my witnesses throughout all of the earth. He will be with you always, right? And he says these things, and then we have the book of Acts, basically. And so I wanna share some about just the significance of what God has done on the days that he chooses. And it, some of this is, this is important, not just for today, but for other holidays, feasts, other things that God has established, we need to be paying attention because there is a significance in God's calendar that might not be the same in my mind or my calendar. There are three feasts that God told Israel to celebrate forever. Three of them, you know what they are. Passover, right? The celebration, the thankfulness, the remembrance of God setting them, Israel, free from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And that Passover had to do with that Passover lamb, that perfect lamb, that innocent little guy that was killed, slaughtered, blood came out, 
and then that blood put over the doorpost so that it would protect them from the death angel. And so that Passover was a celebration of that blood that was shed to protect them and also their remembrance of their freedom from slavery. So they started celebrating that Passover for 1,500 years until Jesus came and then he fulfilled that and was the Lamb of God. We talked about this at Easter. He was the Lamb of God. He set us free. So there's a greater freedom, not just for Israel, but for all people. And his blood covers and takes away our, pretty amazing, all the, the similarities there, right? So that's Passover. The second feast is the Feast of Weeks. This is the other one that the Lord told Israel to celebrate every year. When does the Feast of Weeks happen? The Feast of Weeks, and what is it? It's to be celebrated 50 days. God gave them the exact time, 50 days after the Passover. So seven weeks and add a day. That gets it on a Sunday. Every, every time, every year, it's gonna get it on a Sunday. Because the Sabbath is, and the Passover is Friday night into Saturday. And then you've got plus one day, you've got Sunday. And the Feast of Weeks is a celebration, a remembrance again of another event. A couple of things, but primarily of when God gave the law to Israel. You remember when that happened? It was Moses going up on Mount Sinai. And what happened when he went up there as the law was given? There was a shaking there was a quaking, and there was fire that came down on top of the mountain, and it scared everybody to death, right? Remember that? The Ten Commandments get given to Moses, and he brings the law to the people. And of course, we also know what happened. By the time he came down, he's up there for a while, 40 days, everybody had gone haywire while he was gone. They built a golden calf, there was issues, and when he came down, he threw the stones, broke them, and 3,000 people died at that time because of their disobedience and their idolatry and all those things, right? So that was that. So God says, I want you to celebrate every year the giving of the law, my presence coming down, speaking with you, and giving you this law. Well, of course, fast forward well, I'm gonna wait on that. The third one, which I'm not gonna go into much at all, but the third feast, the third celebration is the Feast of Tabernacles. That happens in this year, September 25th, 26th, 27th, it's that time frame. Or the Feast of Trumpets. There are different things, Rosh Hashanah's in there. And that is this really celebration which, um, of God tabernacling with us living on the inside of us, but it also the Feast of Trumpets. And it's a declaration, it really is a celebration in the future of Jesus returning. So we have these three feasts and they all have significance. The first one is death, burial, and resurrection is its fulfillment. The second one, the fulfillment is Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming. The third one is Jesus returning. So the fulfillment of all these things. So it's interesting how God does things so different than we do them. He creates the natural, and then there's always a spiritual parallel that is supernatural that's attached to it. Just how he does things. I'll give you an example. God made Adam. How did he make him? With dirt. Very natural. It doesn't get more natural than that. Just dirt. Makes a man out of dirt. He's just a shell. There he is, lying there just a natural man. Then the spiritual, some of what Scott was just talking about. Jesus was talking, we talked about drink my blood, eat my flesh. That was a spiritual thing that related to the natural bread and the natural wine. But the natural wine and the natural bread, that wasn't the complete fulfillment. It was the Jesus's blood. God makes Adam a shell and then he supernatural, oh, breathes into him. He comes to life. So there was a greater reality coming after the natural happens. And the same with God's feasts, the same with God's festivals, with his celebrations. He says, celebrate this, and they're celebrating something that really did happen. And sometimes it had supernatural markings of it, supernatural elements of it, clearly. But yet that is not just it. That's not the whole thing. There's something else even greater that that speaks of 
that God is going to do. We have that with Jesus resurrecting from the dead. We have that with Pentecost, with the Feast of Weeks, and we have it with Jesus returning. We don't know when he, the Bible says we don't know the day or the hour that Jesus will return, but we do know the season. It's Feast of Trumpets, it's tabernacles. So every September, I'm, I'm paying attention. Because I don't know what day or hour or year, but goodness sakes, the fulfillment of that feast is the only one that hasn't happened yet. The other two have happened, right? So we're just, we'll keep waiting. Every, every fall, it's like, okay, Lord, is this the fall? Where you return, I don't know. No one knows, but we need to be thinking that way, looking ahead, paying attention to these feasts because they have a great reality for not just Israel, but for all people. Jesus for all people, his blood, his body, and the Holy Spirit for all. All right. So, after the resurrection, Jesus appears to people for 40 days. Isn't that amazing? Resurrected Jesus walking around, holes in his wrist, side, feet, walking around, eating food, walking through walls, disappearing in front of people, looking like someone else. He's doing all that for 40 days. He's also talking about the kingdom and the spirit of God that is coming. And then <clears throat> he says to his guys, you heard from me for John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the 11, he tells them to wait in Jerusalem. So the 11, one is dead of the 12, so now there's 11 left, and 109 other people gather together in this upper room and they're waiting for whatever is gonna happen that Jesus said would happen. <clears throat> and they wait 10 days. On the 10th day, which is the 50th, Day after the Passover, 50, Pentecost, Penta means 50, 50 days after Passover, they're there, they don't know what's gonna happen, and it says in Acts chapter two, verse one, when the day of Pentecost, the fulfillment of this Feast of Weeks, had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You know, the first thing that happens when the Holy Spirit came in that moment, you know, previously when God descended on the mountain, there was a shaking and a quaking and a fire. This time, there's the sound of a violent rushing wind. And you see that the Holy Spirit is identified with kind of symbolically as with wind many times throughout the scriptures. Uh, you find that in John 3 and other places. Similar probably to a tornado sound is my guess. I don't know exactly what it sounded like when the Holy Spirit came, but it was significant. People sometimes describe when they hear a tornado as it sounded like a freight train. It was probably a little freight train-ish type of feel and sound when the Spirit of God came that that moment that had been waiting throughout all of history, thousands and thousands of years for this very day to happen, that Jesus paid for, that God prepared to have happen, was the Holy Spirit to come to the earth and to stay here and to live inside of us. Jesus said in John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. If you're born of the Spirit, you don't just live a linear life, in other words. It's not just by rote, it's not just you go here and you go there, you go here. No, there's something that should happen on the inside of every believer when they're born of the Spirit where they live differently. They're led of the Spirit, says in Romans 8. They're led of the Spirit. They are doing things that aren't just brain function things. They are being led by something in addition to their own thoughts by the Spirit of God. They're going to say things and do things that are unique, that are beautiful, that are helpful. Verse three, and there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. So, of course, interesting to me that Feast of Weeks, a celebration of the law coming and fire hitting the mountain and now how does God signify his presence 
is involved in this whole thing by fire floating on top of their heads or however that looked. They all have fire distributed on every single one of them. It's as if, oh, not just one fire on one mountain at one moment to give the law to one person to pass along. Now, every single person has the presence of God on them. Not just one, it's for everyone. It's like Jesus said. And of course, after the law was given, and during that time Moses was up there, he got all the instructions for how to build the tabernacle of Moses, how to, you know, the, the temple with the Ark of the Covenant and all that, and then the presence of God that was at that mountain and the fire was then over the tabernacle, in the middle of the desert, this pillar of fire over the top of the Ark of the Covenant. And now, fast forward to Pentecost, you got fire over these people, representing God being in them now. They are now the basically the little arcs of covenant, walking around. Wherever a person is who has the spirit of God, he is there. Though we can't see fire, don't, not usually, though we can't see fire above us, he is residing on the inside of us. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, verse four, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Not just the apostles were filled, everyone in the room, there were 120 people. 109 of them were not apostles. They were all filled, baptized in the Spirit and speaking in tongues. Now, these were people who already believed in Jesus, but now they had this separate experience of this baptism. They've been waiting for him, they trusted him, and now they're baptized in the Spirit. And we see here that Filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized with the Holy Spirit are synonymous here. Verse five, now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, that rushing wind sound, the crowd came together. They were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished saying, why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Why are not all these who were speaking Galileans. They were speaking in languages of people from around the world who had come for this feast, others who were in the city that day. I love that the Spirit of God knows every language in the world. There are thousands of languages. And he, can, he knows all of them, and by his Spirit can use one of those languages or someone else's language or just a heavenly language that is unknown here on the earth. The Spirit of God can speak that through us through people, I have this friend named Graham Powell. I'm sure I've told you about him before. He used to come here and um, speak. He does a lot of deliverance ministry. And he, you know, when he goes around the, the world ministering deliverance, praying over people, he'll, he'll begin speaking in the spirit, speaking in a tongue. And he doesn't understand what he's saying and he's praying over them. And he says, nearly every time those people, when he's done, say, we didn't know you knew our language. And he says, I don't. What was I saying? And he says, nearly every time they say the same thing, you were praising God and declaring his greatness and his goodness when you were praying in this language. Happens to him everywhere that he goes. This happened at this time. They're declaring the goodness, the astonishing things of God, the greatness of God. Verse eight, and how is it that each, we each hear them in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Persia, Pamphylia. I don't know why I've had myself read on these things. Egypt and all these cities I can't pronounce. <laughs> Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they're, they're just full of sweet wine. Having a, having a little drink this morning is what's going on, which wasn't true. Some of these amazing things, I would say, I already mentioned the fire that came at Pentecost on their heads or above them, which was a reference back all the way to Mount Sinai. How about this? How many people died at Mount Sinai when the law was given? 3,000. 
When the Holy Spirit comes, how many people get saved? 3,000. Same thing. The Lord just brings that full circle. What brought death in the beginning in some ways, and the law is difficult as well. The Holy Spirit, the fulfillment of this feast, the Spirit of God coming, 3,000 brand new believers. And then fire distributed. The Spirit of God distributed on every single person. And of course, the Torah, the law, is us trying to align ourselves externally to do the right things. The Holy Spirit, with the law written in our hearts, it's him working on the inside of us to working out completely different. Not us trying to fix ourselves, make ourselves better, but yielding and allowing the Spirit of God to work inside of me, to change me, to convict me, to help me, to comfort me, to alter me from glory to glory. It's him doing things that I, am not, I don't have to just strive to do any longer. The Holy Spirit does so much more than what I can ever do in myself, for myself, and for other people. And Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he would be with us how long? Forever. Forever, isn't that wonderful? He would be with us forever. This isn't just a celebration of a feast. This is the coming of the Spirit of God to live inside of you forever. And not just you. Let's read in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, after Peter stood up and shared the gospel and they were convicted, and he quotes Joel, prophet Joel from Joel 2, saying this, is, this was gonna happen. It says, now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Conviction, which is a role of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden you see this happening immediately. They, they're convicted. And he said, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, well, repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise, which Jesus called the promise of the Father, the same promise, the Holy Spirit, this promise is for you, I love this, and your children, and for all who are far off, every generation. As many as the Lord our God will call to himself. This was not this baptism, this infilling, this moment of the Holy Spirit coming that had been planned for thousands of years was not just for a short period of time. This is for, for every person, as many that he calls to himself, draws to himself, who receive him, that can happen now for every generation, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, all the way to today. All of us, we are included in this right there. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we don't have to just have a memorial of the Holy Spirit when he was here. Wasn't that a great time? Wouldn't that have been amazing to have been there? Wouldn't that have been something for God to actually live inside of people? Hmm. You know, have a big pillar to remember. It's not that. This is Pentecost Sunday. We're remembering that he came and he stayed. He came and he's here with us forever forever to do the things that he just started doing in the books of Acts. You know, when they, Luke wrote the last letter in the book of Acts, it wasn't like the Holy Spirit, okay, I'm done. No, he's with us forever and we need him more than ever. We need him more than ever. And you know what? God goes where he's needed. He moves where he's wanted. He fills those who receive him, oh boy, we need you, Holy Spirit. I just want to say that right now in the middle of this. We need you. I need you, Holy Spirit, to help us. We are desperate for you, Lord. And from the moment that he came, when you read, it's so fun for me to watch the change in the disciples. Guys who at the garden were fleeing, afraid for their lives, denying Jesus. And now the spirit of God moves on the inside of them. They get baptized in the spirit of God and they turn into different people. 
They turn into different, but this is one thing the Holy Spirit does is he changes you into someone you've never been. He gives you power to be a witness. He gives you a boldness, a confidence, a courage. He helps us do and be who we weren't and couldn't do. He's amazing that way. He, you see that with these guys. I mean, the, the fear level from them crucifying Jesus, then the guys hiding, Jesus showing up, receive the Holy Spirit, he says to them, that those disciples compared to Pentecost disciples, after post-Pentecost disciples, were different characters. They are boldly going out and saying, you know, silver and gold have I none, but here's what I do have. In Jesus Christ's name, rise up and walk. A boldness happens to them, so much so that it says of them in Acts, I think it's chapter 11, it says that they were surprised at the boldness and the confidence of these Galileans, these fishermen. Like what happened to them? Here's what happened. The Spirit of God happened. The Holy Spirit moved on the inside of them. They received him as Jesus told them to do. They waited for him. He came, and they're now different people. They're doing different things. They're behaving differently. They're not focused on fear. They're not worried any longer. They are living in a way where he's flowing through them. And yes, they suffered, and most of them, if not all, were martyred. But they had this boldness. They had a confidence in him. And then 25 years, I just want to point this out, 25 years after Pentecost, so a quarter of a century later, we, we have the experience we read about Saul, who becomes Paul, at that Damascus Road experience, Jesus reveals himself, Paul is changed, he gets baptized in the Spirit, saved and baptized in the Spirit, he is on fire and doing all that he's doing. 25 years later, Paul is on a missionary trip, his third missionary trip. And it says here in Acts chapter 19, it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus. And he found some disciples. He found some Jesus followers there in Ephesus that he'd not met before. And he said to them, hey guys, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So these were believers. And, he, and they said to him, uh, no, we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. We don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. We haven't received him. And so what does Paul say to them? Into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Paul said, well, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him. That's in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There were in all 12 men. Now, we don't hear anything in this portion about fire appearing. It seems as though God used the fire in the very beginning to highlight what was really happening. But from that moment on, I've never seen fire on top of somebody's head. Maybe you have. Not that God couldn't do it any longer. But he still is baptizing people and filling them with his spirit from the Pentecost till 25 years later and to today. Just continues on, not just for the apostles, for all who would receive him. As Peter said, for your children and your grandchildren and all who are far off, the Holy Spirit is for you. He's the whole plan of the Father, the whole mission of Jesus was to not only set us free, but to fill us and baptize us with the Spirit of God. It is like, um, you know, Christianity, it's not like, okay, I'm gonna follow Jesus, that's all I want. Just gonna follow him, Let me give me some Bible, the Bible's amazing, Jesus is amazing. But there is more that God has planned for us to have. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is the more of God. He's the fullness that Jesus expected and planned for us to receive and told us, get ready, 
If you'll receive him, he will baptize you. He will fill you. I love that this didn't stop. It didn't quit. And there's a difference between people who have the Spirit of God in fullness and those who don't. My guess is when Paul saw these believers, I wonder why he asked them the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Do you think maybe he was looking at their lives, perhaps, and realizing maybe there was some powerlessness? Maybe there wasn't as much hope. Maybe there wasn't fullness of joy. I don't know. I don't know why, why he would ask them that question. Maybe the Spirit of God just led him to ask that question. But there are people that I know, wonderful, wonderful people, who love Jesus, and in my heart, I'm with them, and I go, oh, they need the Holy Spirit too. They need this baptism because it starts, especially on the mission field. It's like without the Spirit of God, oh my goodness, all what you have is a lot of head knowledge and information. And I'm so glad that beyond head knowledge information, there's the Spirit of God that helps us in ways that we need help, that gives us wisdom and discernment and understanding and power when there's prayer. There's so many things that he brings that we are in desperate need of. You know, it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees that just had the words of God and the knowledge of the truth, at least some of it, but they, they were not filled with the Spirit of God. And that knowledge information actually caused them to grow and swell in pride and actually become an enemy of the Savior of the world. I don't want to ever be that way. I've been that way in some, some times in my life, just to be honest. There were moments um, in my late teens and early 20s when I was pretty pharisaical. I was in, in some ways more about the law and more about right and wrong than the Spirit of God and love and power. And he had to change me, and I'm so glad that he did. And part of my journey in that was really desiring the Holy Spirit. I wanted an experience. I wanted this baptism. I would read this and go, I want that. And then I would say a prayer, and I wouldn't feel a thing. Nothing would happen. I was expecting the Spirit of God to come in, grab a hold of my tongue, shake it around, make me say stuff. And for some people, things like that, they have that type of experience. See, God moves and speaks and deals with every person on an individual basis in a unique way. I love that about him. It's never the exact same for everyone. I have a friend, in fact, he was my, my wife's best friend. When I first met, who's now my wife, we weren't married. She was, had an, uh, her roommate. And um, they were going to a different church than I was going to, and it was a, a church that didn't believe in the baptism of the Spirit. And wonderful person. And her best friend had just died, got hit by a car. She was riding a bike. And so... My, my wife's friend was just absolutely crushed, brokenhearted, and was heading to the funeral. And as she drove her car to go to the funeral of her best friend, she stopped to fill up her car with gas. And just uh, clearly brokenhearted. And as she's filling up with gas, a guy that I knew who came to my church here and there, this, he was an interesting guy, full of God, but a little eccentric but he was a lover of Jesus and full of spirit. And he would just go wherever the Lord told him to go, say whatever he was supposed to say. He was just one of those interesting guys, but he was a wonderful guy. He happened to be filling his car up with gas at the same gas station at the same time and didn't know her. I happen to know both of them. And what happens is he's filling his car up with gas and he hears the Lord. He feels this compassion for this person. He turns around and sees, who's my friend named Lauren. And uh, the Lord speaks to him and says, I want you to go over there to her because I want to fill her with myself. 
And so he goes, he's one of those guys, when he hears stuff like that, he just does it. So that's what makes him a little bit eccentric, eccentric, because he actually does what the Holy Spirit tells him to do, right? So he walks over to my friend, and she's, they're extremely sad, doesn't believe in any of this stuff, first off. She's flirting, and he walks up to her and says, and he's a little bit shocking to look at too, so there's that element also. <laughs> but he says, uh, excuse me, he says, ma'am, um, he said, uh, do you know Jesus? She said, yes. He said, well, he wants to baptize you in this, his spirit today. And if you could just stand back a, a minute against your car in case you fall down, that would be good. Well, she backed up against her car, not necessarily obeying what he said, but to get some distance between her and this guy. And then he just gently raised his hand and started praying for her. And she, it's a true story, she gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, falls on the hood of her car, and begins to speak in tongues, and this joy starts bubbling up from the inside of her that she starts laughing, and then she's crying, and then she's laughing, and this comfort comes to helps heal her heart from the loss of her best friend and this funeral that she's going to. All this happens in a moment. And then she calls me. This is before cell phones. I was in barracks. I was working for the agency. I was in these barracks, and I, there's one phone per floor, and the phone rings, someone says, Matt, you know, there's a phone call. And so I go out there and the moment I picked up the phone and heard her voice, I knew she was headed to a funeral. She says, Matt. And I said, oh, Lord, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, didn't you? <laughs> and she said, yes, because we'd had a lot of debates about it, honestly. She said, yes. And then she went on to tell me the experience that she is, she's having with God and what he has done on the inside of her. It was completely life-changing for her in this moment of her life and the gentleness and the kindness of God for the comfort to go, I want to go comfort her. I want to go comfort her. I want to fill her. I want to live inside of her. I want to baptize her. I want to give her more of myself than she already has. And for him to do that, the Holy Spirit is so wonderful. He is, he is wonderful and man, do we need him. You know, it says in, to us, Jesus says to us in the last days, there'll be times where your children may turn you into authorities, that there'll be families against one another, that people will accuse you falsely, all the things. And when they bring you before the courts, Jesus says, don't even prepare what you're gonna say. Because my spirit who lives on the inside of you will in that moment give you words to speak. It's part of what he does. He gives us words to speak in a moment when we haven't figured it out and we can't even think through it. He overrides sometimes as we allow him our brain function and what we know to say things that we don't know. I, I, you see that with Stephen in the book of Acts. You read Acts 6 and 7, 8. It's just incredible you read the, about this guy. Serving tables, next, next thing you know, this guy says he was full of the spirit of God. And he's doing miracles, signs and wonders are taking place through this guy who was not an apostle. God is using him as he allowed the spirit of God to fill him, as he received the Holy Spirit, as he believed that Jesus wanted to do stuff through him. As those words maybe have rung inside of him where Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Just believing, not he the apostle who believes in me, but he who believes in me, you'll do the works that I do because I go to the Father. When I go to the Father, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's gonna live on the inside of you. Stephen does those things. It's not just for some people. The Spirit of God is for all who would receive him. That's you, that's me, that's anyone who wants him. He's there for all of us. He's ready to be received. If you read about, man, Charles Wesley, he had this experience with, with the Holy Spirit, founder of the, with his brother, founder of the Methodist movement. Jonathan Goforth, missionary to China. Samuel Morris, one of my heroes, named Kabu, came from Africa, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and a life changer, changed Taylor University in Indiana uh, with the Spirit of God moving in him. 
through in amazing ways. The Azusa Street Revival, you just reading about that, you find God moving in incredible ways through his spirit. Billy, here's a quote from Billy Graham. I think I read this a couple weeks ago too. Billy Graham says this, I'm convinced that to be filled with the spirit is not an option, but a necessity. It's indispensable for the abundant life and for fruitful service. The spirit-filled life is not abnormal. It is the normal Christian life. Anything less is subnormal. It is less than what God wants and provides for his children. Therefore, to be filled with the Spirit should never be thought of as an unusual or unique experience for or known by only a select few. It's intended for all, needed by all, available to all. That's why the Scripture commands all of us, be filled with the Spirit. That's Billy Graham. I love that. Part of my own personal struggle was a begging of the Spirit of God, as I just mentioned. And part of that, what helped me was when I read Luke chapter 11. Luke 11 says, verse 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who loves us, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If we know how to give good gifts to our kids because we love them, how much more will the Father Give us the Holy Spirit to anyone who will ask him. Now, when I read that, I realized, okay, God wants this to happen, not just me. It's not just me arm twisting, trying to get something. It's the Father has prepared and planned and loves me and wants me to have his spirit. So then I can now change modes and get into a place of faith to receive what he has given to me. And when I did that, then I received the Spirit of God by faith. And I didn't have an experience like my friend Lauren did on the hood of her car. I didn't have that. I had a nothing feeling. I had a just, I received this by faith, and next thing I know, I would say days later, I don't even remember the timing, honestly, I would have these syllables that would come to my tongue or my heart, mind, and I would just say this thing that was very small. I wouldn't say much. It was not a long anything. It was not melodic. It wasn't any of, the, any of that. It just, it just was a short thing, and that started with a little, something that, there, cope, mia, tico. I say these smaller words that mean anything to me. And next thing you know, that's just developed into this language. Now, it doesn't mean if you don't speak in tongues that you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know some teach that. I don't believe that. I don't think that's in the Bible. But I believe everyone who is baptized in the Holy Spirit can speak in tongues as they by faith step out and receive. And sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it's a process, sometimes it's a whammo. Some people get a whammo, some people have a process. It's like you got saved, right? Some people, it was a progressive thing for you to believe. Other people, kawam. One day, everything changed. Again, it's, it's the personal God dealing with each of us in a personal way knowing what we need, knowing where we are, knowing how much we're open to him. And that's a huge element. When Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit, he was saying, would you take your heart and would you go, I want whatever you want, God. I, I want whatever you have. Whatever's coming next, I don't get it, but I want. You're saying this, so I receive. I receive. I, I, I come to you, I look to you with an openness, with a heart that's open. Because the Lord is so kind to not violate that. To not violate, to just run right over the top of us and be, if we, we really don't want him. He so often just, just waits for us to want him, to receive him, and then he changes us. And my life started to change. Uh, the biggest change that I noticed in my life after the baptism of the Holy Spirit for me, again, wasn't a feeling, was that I was looking to help people. I wanted to help other people. That was, I wanted to give to other people. I'd only saved and spent on myself at that point in my life, ever. I'd saved money for my first rifle, for my first fishing pole, for my first car, all those things. And I, everything was, I, I was not a giver at all. I get baptized in the Holy Spirit and it's like, I'm looking to, I wanna give something to someone. I wanna help someone. He's changed that on the inside of me. And then you're looking to pray for people. That's that, Jesus said, rivers of living water will start coming out of you. And that is what has happened to me. And then dreams start taking place. 
more than ever before. It's like my dream life changed. It gets ratcheted up. Then I start having sense of when I was looking at people, I have this thought, they remind me of someone else. And then this other person, and it's like a prophetic word starts forming for them. Things like that begin to happen. Or I know certain things that I should not know. The Spirit of God with his nine gifts and nine fruits. Do you realize that? When you see the number nine, I always think of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Here, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people might say in church, only focus on the fruit, not the gifts. No gifts. Just fruit. We need both. And the Holy Spirit helps us with both of those. He does both of those on the inside of us. Okay. God is not limited to time or space. He's only limited by our desire and our faith because we can shut him down in our lives. As we open up, he can do whatever he wants to do as we receive him, as we yield to him. So for some of you here today and those watching, you are saying in your heart, I want to get refilled because I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or I want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time. Both, I, I get refilled all the time. That should be something I, we, we should do all the time, daily. I need a refilling. Sometimes we need that initial baptism in him, that immersion into the Spirit of God. But wherever you are, whether you're watching or you're here today, I just want to encourage you to open up to him and to receive all that he has. Would you stand with me? How about we do this? And we have uh, people who would love to minister to you. So if, if our, our prayer teams could come up as well. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, no one prayed for me. It was me and God, and I was by myself, and I was begging him. <laughs> and then I stepped into faith and changed gears. So it can happen with people praying for you, as we just read in Acts chapter 19, says Paul asked them, they didn't know anything, so it says he laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. See, the same thing with Peter, with Cornelius and those guys. This Holy Spirit just <laughs> fell in the room, changed them. So it can happen by yourself. It can happen with another person. But there is an experience, as Billy Graham said, there's an experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit that we need, that we can have, that God wants us to have. And there's a change that we allow him as we continue to yield to him our whole life. He starts to alter us. He starts to change us. He starts to do things in us that we cannot do in ourselves and we cannot make ourselves do. Sometimes it's freedom from sin and bondage that he does. Internal things. We're struggling with something, cannot get free. Whew, Holy Spirit. It's not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of God. And that thing breaks. So he does. He's the helper. He's the helper, the comforter. So I'd like to, let me say this verse all over again that I just read, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to who? To those who ask. Isn't that amazing? Just by asking, that's, all, that's it. What makes you qualified? Well, I believe in Jesus and I've asked. That's it. I believe in Jesus and I've asked. I believe in Jesus and I've asked. I want him and the, and the father for thousands of years has been waiting to give him, been waiting to give his own spirit, sent him the promise of the father. God gives his promises away to us, the spirit of God. How about we do this? For those who would like to have someone praying for you and laying hands on you, why don't you come up front? And these will, they can lay hands on you. They can talk with you. Is there anybody in here you want to like to have, have some help in this? Like someone who just to lay their hands on you, like Paul did. And maybe some of our staff could come up here too and help out. Get, get in front of someone. They can lay, lay their hands on you. Any of our other department leaders. Come and let's just, let's just lay hands on these. If you have to have someone just touch you. We're gonna pray here together, but here's what we can expect. We can expect God to give what he promises, his Holy Spirit. Now, you may not feel anything, or you might feel fire. <laughs> Just have no idea. You might feel a shake. You might feel a rumbling. You might feel warmth. 
Sometimes I hear people describe, it feels like warm, hot chocolate on the inside. For other people, it's like, I don't feel a thing. That's okay, because then it's still by faith. It's by faith. We're gonna receive what God has been wanting to give and has provided to give for thousands of years right now for every person who believes. How about I do this first? Let's just say this together. Lord, forgive me of all my sin and fill me with your spirit that you promised. Amen. And Lord, I ask that right now, that you would fill all of us all over again. Whether we've been baptized already, we ask for a brand new infilling. Let we open ourselves up. Maybe even raise your hands if you'd like. Lord, fill us all over again. For those who have not before, we ask for that baptism in the Spirit right now. As we lay hands on these, Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you baptize? Would you fill these tabernacles, these temples of yours, these bodies that you've created and made? Would you fill them with your breath? Baptize in the name of Jesus right now. And we thank you, God, that you're doing this, even in this moment. For us, for the rest of us, Lord, we also just open up to you. We breathe in you a brand new, fresh infilling of your spirit, a brand new, fresh infilling of your spirit. As you breathe Jesus on us and said, receive the Holy Spirit, we receive you all over again. Fill us to overflowing. May it be said of us, like it was said of Stephen and Barnabas and Philip and Jesus and Paul, that they were full of the Holy Spirit. They didn't just have some, they were full of the Spirit of God. Fill us, oh God, today. Lord, I ask that as you do this, Holy Spirit, that you would comfort those who need comforted out there. Those who are watching, those who are here, bring your comfort, bring your joy, or those who need joy. We ask for the joy of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Bring your joy, Holy Spirit, inside of us. I ask that you would remove bondages, break every chain in Jesus' name right now, Spirit of God. Not by might, not by my power, not by my ability, but by you, Holy Spirit. Break every chain of addiction in Jesus' name. Every addiction to anything, whatever that might be. Cigarettes, pornography, greed, whatever that is. Break the chains of selfishness, Lord, that of every bondage. Drug addiction, alcoholism, break the chain. Spirit of God, set free right now. We're celebrating you coming after Jesus set us free. Fill us, Holy Spirit, from this day and forever. From this day and forever, may we drink of you often. As you said in Ephesians 5, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. We receive you, Holy Spirit, all over again. Right now, for those who would like a language, who would like a spiritual language, a tongue, we ask, Lord, that you would loose the tongue to be able to speak this language that the devil doesn't understand. Our personal language with you, where you said in Jude chapter, or verse 21, or 20, that we can speak in the spirit and build ourselves up on our most holy faith. We can speak and pray in the spirit. We can pray in the spirit. We can sing in the spirit. Lord, I pray for languages that we've never known to come to our mind, our heart, our tongue in Jesus. Lord, I ask for a release of those tongues even now. And if not now, tomorrow or the next day. Lord, I pray that you would give us a language to speak when we don't know how to pray. We can pray in you, in the spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you now. Thank you for moving among us. Thank you, Lord, for dreams. Lord, I ask right now for dreams to take off inside of us in the night. There's some of you who feel like, I don't dream at all. There's something gonna change where you're gonna begin dreaming. Spiritual dreams, dreams from heaven, dreams that have prophetic significance, dreams that are encouraging, full of life. Holy Spirit, I ask for the dream world to come, come alive. Lord, for insight into your word, more than ever, by your spirit, spirit of truth, where you illuminate and you cause the word of God to be exciting. Holy Spirit, would you do that? 
Would you cause a hunger on the inside of us for your word by your spirit? I ask for a help, Holy Spirit, right now inside of every person on this day of Pentecost. So remember you coming 2,000 years ago. Would you come now and help people who need your help for decisions that need to be made, for wisdom that's needed right now, for um, provision that's needed right now, for new jobs, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, would you move Open doors, create a pathway. Lord, for those who are sick and need healing, Spirit of God, would you move and heal and deliver and set free? Heal and deliver and set free. Thank you, Lord, that Peter said the Spirit of God was not just for those standing there that day, but for children and grandchildren and great, 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 all the way to today, us right here in this room. Thank you that you are here, Holy Spirit, and you want to fill all of us. Lord, I pray that you would give ideas to people right now, even this room. Now, there's some of you, you're getting, whether it's a business idea or a way out of something that has been a, a puzzle, haven't been able to figure out how to move forward. The Lord's giving the idea of what to do next by the Holy Spirit. You said, Lord, that those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, this Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we give you leadership in our lives. Even right now, we just submit to you and say, lead us, Holy Spirit. Where we have sometimes not even recognized you, we now say, lead us. Lead us. May we be like that guy at the gas station who feels compassion and moves, has a, has a word from heaven and changes someone's life and world. Lord, I pray that we would be led by your spirit. Lead us, Lord. And thank you, God, that your words will come alive more than ever before. We have revelation, insight, like never before into your word because of what you are doing on the inside of us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of God. Would you also just say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for coming. Thank you for living in us. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for not avoiding us. Thank you, Father, for sending the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for baptizing in the Spirit of God. Thank you that we are not alone ever, that you live in us. I also ask, Holy Spirit, that we would be aware, that you'd remind us often that you are there. Remind us often that we are carriers of you that we are the home that you've chosen to live within. Remind us, Lord, how special we are, how loved we are. But also, Lord, I ask for all that heart also to begin to give more than ever, to look for people to help, to look for people to pray for, to look for people to give things away to. Lord, I pray for that generous spirit of God to flow through us to other people's lives. And Lord, help us to, be power, to have power to be your witnesses. I ask for a boldness and a confidence throughout this room. In Jesus' name, a boldness and a confidence in you, not in our own ability, but in you, and that we would be able to speak without fear, that we would speak without shame from the past, that we would be a witness to your goodness, that we would tell people our testimony and what you've done for us, that we would be able to declare truth without fear, I ask for a boldness in people, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, may the things, as you said, Lord, as you said, may those things happen in us that greater things than you even did take place through this fellowship, take place through these people. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you. Mighty rushing wind. Beautiful Spirit of God, wonderful helper, spectacular comforter, Spirit of truth, fire of God, the wind of God, the water of God, the Spirit of God. Thank you for living in us. Thank you for being here in this moment. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're going to do tomorrow. Thank you that we are never alone and you are on the inside. Fill to overflowing every person and thank you for it. In your wonderful, beautiful, powerful name, Jesus. Amen. 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 
Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.